You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome back to another Page Turner with Big Dog and Little Stuff. I'm Stephanie Bernard. I am Tom Hutchison. And uh, yeah, we're back. It's been like, what, a few weeks now? Yeah, we skipped a week. We did. I've My life has been crazy, so... I kind of had to step away from doing shows for a couple of weeks, but we're here now. Good. Excellent. Hope That's... all is, uh, <laughs> is at least wrapped up, if not just well in general. Yeah, I'm alive. Okay. <laughs> at this point, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, that's after, I don't know, where are we? We're, we're, we're three months ish into serious quarantine and we're about to be told we have to do it again. Um, I think that's where we all just kind of have to be. Right. <laughs> Trying not to lose our minds or, you know, not losing them too much. Yeah. You, you can lose your mind. It's okay. There's plenty of writers that have, have lost their mind. You just have to kind of keep it. Don't go all the way. Uh, I'm not going to remember his name. Cthulhu guy. Oh, HP Lovecraft. Yeah. Don't go Lovecraft <laughs> crazy, but you know, you can get a little loopy. Yeah. I think we we're all kind of on that level and some people <laughs> handle it better than other people. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I for, I'm, I'm mostly been handling it well, but then I'll have days where I'm just like, ah, you know, and then I just want to like, I don't know, run around and break shit. But I don't. I, it's it's you know it, it's going to be different for everybody because every there there are extroverts who are just used to every day is whatever their schedule is. It's going to work. It's going to lunch. It's going to meet people. It's it's doing whatever it is that they do. And then there's introverts like myself who's like I'm going to go outside anyway. So it didn't really affect me that much outside of uh, the the inability to go do some conventions. Um, mm-hmm. but from, from just a business and a general life standpoint for me, it's like, I mean, this is basically the room I'm in anyway. Uh, this is the <laughs> computer I use to write. Um, you know, I do my shipping in the other room. Like it's basically the same for me, but I'm very much, uh, on the introvert side. So it didn't bother me to have sort of society collapse on me. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like I, I'm an introvert too. I spend most of my time at home you know, but I like the option. Cause like I would go, sure. um, you know, sometimes just to go get a dirty martini at this little place up the street. And technically I could still do it. They have an outdoor patio, but like, I don't feel comfortable because people are all, especially there. Like I've seen photos of people and they're like, the bar staff is like, like hugging and taking photos with people and their faces are smooshed together. And I'm just like, y'all are going to get sick. There's going to be that one fool in there that has it. And so like, I can't even like go to my little escape place for my little stupid martini, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so and it, it gets a little maddening, but for the most part, it's, it's, you're right. It's like basically life as usual. And I do miss conventions. We've talked about that. Um, sure. You know, just having that, that creative outlet to kind of, I, cause I feel like that kind of gives me energy I mean, as much as it drains all my energy because it's a lot of work, um, just being around my creative family uh, really kind of lights a fire under my ass to to keep creating. And, sure. you know, so I, I miss that. But, yeah. No, that makes well, sense. I mean, because even even with things like Kickstarter and whatever, I mean, we, we kind of get a little bit of that 
energy back because we're we're active for like a month of doing promotion and oh talking God. to people and so on. But <laughs> it, it still isn't really the same as as you know sitting down with somebody when you're when you're done with the con and and you know whatever. There, there's definitely you know I poo poo conventions a lot, but there's uh, there's definitely advantages to at least having them available if you want to go do them. Versus right. just having them be like, whoop, no, nope, you get nothing and you got to figure out uh, a whole new way of doing things. Right. Well, and I, I think the whole mentality and like, and I know it is for me, for a lot of people, you know, doing the shelter in place and not being able to go places is that because mentally, even if we haven't done a whole lot or we don't go out a lot, when all of a sudden we can't do it, it makes the want more urgent. You well, know, yeah. like- <laughs> and, and that's the whole thing with, with all this quarantine. This is the part that people don't understand. This is sociology 101. Mm-hmm. Listen, this is a country that was founded on the idea of you're not the boss of me. And <laughs> here we are 200 years later and you're surprised people are pissed off when you're telling them to do shit that they don't want to do. Like, right. th- this is 200 years of, of you're not the boss of me. Uh, so, you know, when, when things are just arbitrary, well, not arbitrarily, but just systematically taken away, uh, you know, even like you said, just the ability to really go down to the bar and just have a drink. Um, it, it's emotionally conflicting, but you're like, yeah, I I know why I can't do it, but I'm still me and I want to go do it. So it's, it's a hard thing to kind of, you know, really accept. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been dying uh, for some pickle soup, dill pickle soup from uh, the cafe that I like in uh, uh, Hamtramck. But I'm like, I'm not going. They're open, but I'm not going to go because, you know, it's just so it's just like those little stupid things that I yeah. miss. But, you know, yeah. again, I, I'm not even complaining. I think it's just it just I go a little nuts sometimes. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm way more introverted than you are probably. And, and I, I, I can feel it sometimes. And I know I, I can see it in, in my attitudes. Like I'll be with, with family or something and, and I'll be snappy. And I, I know that it's just like, I need to go outside and just like not be <laughs> in here anymore. So I've been, I've been walking again because I, I, I'm fat and lazy and then I'm like, I'm gotta not be fat and lazy anymore. So, um, I've been walking again, just trying to, to, you know, get back in the habit of doing it. That's number step one for those trying to lose weight. Step one is create the habit. And that's crazy hard because you Mm -hmm. have to do it every day, even if you don't want to freaking do it anymore. Um, so I'm on day nine consecutive day nine, um, dropped, dropped a few pounds. So I'm, 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 I'm in the right direction. Uh, but I'm still fat and lazy, so I have to keep going and not be, <laughs> not be this. So, <laughs> so the next, the next step is just adjusting the food so that I'm not eating, you know, cereal and soda and, you know, just the slow, gradual things that eventually lead to, okay, you're doing well now. Right. No, and you know, I just had to buy a treadmill because it's too hot. I cannot go ride my bike. I cannot. I can't handle all this weather. It is hot. You know, yeah. It's been ninety degrees plus here in Michigan for mm-hmm. at least a week now. Yeah. And it's like we have still a few more days, and then it's going to go down to like the mid eighties for a couple days, and then shoot back up to the nineties. So yeah. I, I just had to say, you got to get up and do it early. You got to uh. get up and do it early. 
Like I was out walking, I was out walking today at about noon. That's not early, but it was noon. It was like, it was like (laughs) 75. See, that's what I'm saying. Fat and lazy. Uh, it was like 75 at noon. And by the time I got back around, it was like, I don't know, 79. So, um, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta find your way. I mean, that's it. You just gotta find your way, whatever the way is. I mean, everybody's Mm -hmm. got their own way. It's just, uh, keep doing it just like anything else. You just got to keep doing it and you'll get better at it. And, um, you know, find the way that works. Yeah. Well, that's why I got a treadmill. Yeah. I'm not going outside. It's not happening. A, I get sunburnt really easy. B, I get like heat stroke really easy. So if I do any physical activity outside for longer than like five minutes, I pretty much think I'm going to die. I want to so. see you in like a Munster mobile bicycle with like a <laughs> you know, umbrella over the top and yeah. like it's all black and weird. And like that's that's the stuff mobile. Yeah, I think I, I would rock that. <laughs> I'd have to have like some fans or something on me too, but you know, that's a whole, that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, you, but, you, you know, rig it with like a little water thing that goes up so that it rains inside of your umbrella. Oh my God. Umbrella. That's perfection. Right. And then I could do it. See, then you're, there we then go. you're riding in the rain all the time. Which I, I'm good with that. You know, yeah. I, I was out in the rain last night. It was amazing. It's been so stuffy and, you know, I don't have a pool. I don't have like, you know, anybody that I know with a pool lives like far away. So, uh, yeah, I saw that it was storming and I went outside and I just played around in it for a good 10 minutes and it was Mm -hmm. refreshing as hell. Yeah. You got to go outside. You got to go outside. I know we're all supposed to be like inside, but you got to go outside. You got to get the sun. You got to get the wind in your face. You got to get fresh air. I mean, you got to go outside, like literally physically you have to be outside or, or your body's just going to wither up. So take a little time and you know, you don't have to go to a party, but just go outside. Yeah. Don't go to a party. Do something. (laughs) Speaking of that. Okay. So I've gotten so many invites for like, um, graduation parties, birthday parties, like live parties. Yeah. Like at people's houses, they invite 30, 40 people and they're like, Oh, well we just invited like this side of the family and this side, you know, we're splitting it up into two parties. Like it doesn't make sense to me. It's still 30 people plus all together, not socially distancing. They're all going to hug because they're like related and stuff. And so we keep, I, I'm not going, you know, and people are like, some people are like not taking it super well. And I'm like, you guys, you like <laughs> the world around us. Hello. Like just, and these people, some of them have kids and I'm just like, really? Okay. I have no kids, you know, and I can't get my dog sick. So, <laughs> but still I'm, ain't worth it. People need to get their shit together. Yeah. It's weird. It's definitely weird. I'm over it. So, all right. We're, we're done talking about depressing crap, like being stuck inside. We're going to talk about, uh, you t- well, before, actually, before we get into your, um, 10 year, uh, no, me, 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 well, well, me, this is just, I, I just want to say thank you to everybody who backed my Kickstarter. Oh yes. Go that for was it. all. Yes. I just want to say thank you. Um, it was very successful. It's over with now, except for obviously fulfillment. And I just am waiting on a story, the bonus story to get lettered. And then I can send my files to the printer and we're rocking and rolling. So, nice. Thank you guys. Uh, Aeonian three will be here soon. And that was it. So now, okay, we'll talk about you now, Tom. Okay, me, 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 me. <laughs> so what you got going on, Tom? Tell us, tell well, us we, about that. This is, uh, I don't even know if you saw this because it went so fast and, and it happened over the weekend. We did a little experiment uh, on Kickstarter on Sunday. Um, Sunday, it was National Bikini Day. 
And yeah. Uh, yeah, and so we did a single issue book, a reprinting of Critter, because it's Critter's 10 year anniversary. Um, so we did a little 10 year anniversary special edition of the a reprint of the first issue with a bikini cover. Um, and we did two covers. There's a regular version. And there's a foil version. And that's all we did. There was nothing else. Well, we, we did add three extra story pages into the book as well. So there is actually, it is sort of a bikini edition versus just a straight reprint. Right. Um, but normally when we do our Kickstarters, they're month long. There's like 10 covers. They're really big, extravagant things. Right. Um, this was now Kickstarter does a thing called make 100 that usually is like a, a February, March event that they promote. I mean, it's like a them thing, but you can use it anytime you want to. So I was like, what if we did a make 100 for this weird bikini thing? <laughs> and what would happen? Um, so basically we made 50 of, of each book. So it's, that's our hundred books. We did 50 regulars, 50 foils. That was I was going to say, so for people that don't know what make 100 is, yeah, you you're supposed only... to make a hundred of a thing and, and that's it. It's supposed to be a very easy way to kind of try out Kickstarter and, and mm-hmm. get your feet wet and, and make a, make a simple thing. Right. Um, and so we did one cover, two versions of it, 50 of each. There's our hundred. Uh, I had no idea what the response would be. Um, and we launched it at noon on Sunday, which is 4th of July weekend. I was like, mm-hmm. who's paying attention? Um, so I launched it and we funded it. It was 500 bucks. We funded it in like three minutes. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go take my walk and, and we'll see y'all later. By the time I got done walking around the lake, which is an hour, uh, it was sold out. Like awesome. All 50 sets were gone in one hour. We had designed it to be a 25 hour campaign thinking it might take a while to, you know, get through it all. We sold out of the entire set, uh, in one hour. Uh, we had zero dropouts the rest of the way. I have a line of people a mile long that are like, dude, how do I get one? I'm like, that's it, man. I mean, they're gone. I, how did, how was I supposed to know what was going to happen? I mean, right. Um, and I fully expected people to drop out because that always happens. I always get dropouts towards the end of the campaign. Zero dropouts. Um, it was crazy. It was nuts. And 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 it was really super fun. Um, so, you know, for those that are interested in kind of moving into the Kickstarter realm slowly. Now, granted, again, I have 10 years of experience. I have a character that's 10 years old. Uh, I have properties and IP that people understand. So on and so on. So it's not like right. I just came out of the woodwork and was like bikini day let's do it um (laughs) but it's a very easy way to kind of get your feet wet and try out the platform and learn sort of how it works uh, without overwhelming yourself um with with add-ons and and you know multiple versions of this and that and then figuring out shipping or whatever so i'm going to end up shipping out as it turns out because I, i broke it down into like 40 sets and then i had or or 30 no, 40, 40, 40 sets. And then I had 10 sets that I broke down individually. So if someone just wanted one of the covers. They could just buy one of the covers, but we sold everything. So mm-hmm. um, I'll end up shipping like 60 sets. So it's 60 packages to ship. So that's not difficult. That's easy. Um, yeah. They're already at the printer because the book's already done. Uh, so we'll have them next week and we'll pop them out just in time for July 18th, uh, which is the big critter campaign. Uh, which is going to be for her 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 legitimate ten year anniversary, um, which uh, we are going to do our first ever hardcover collected edition. 
um, which will be the first five issues that we did with her, the zero that we did 10 years ago, and then the follow-up four-issue miniseries that came out a year later. We're going to do a hardcover edition, and we're going to do a brand new trade paperback edition because all those are sold out. Um, We've got like, we did like 2,000 of those. We got like 50 of them left. So we got to do a new trade paperback version as well. Um, and then we're going to have some special, some special extras. You know, we're going to have, we're going to do just like the bikini day. We're going to do some special, uh, single reprintings of critter number one, um, with some guest artists, Nia Rufino and, and so on. And, um, and so that's sort of the next step for us, but I did really like doing that, uh, that, that make 100 things. So, um, that's definitely something that we'll probably look at doing again in the future. Now we don't even have to make it a make 100. I mean, based on the response, I probably could have sold a hundred sets instead of just a hundred pieces. Um, so, you know, we might make more and just say, look, here's, here's a, it's, it's bikini day again, but it's, you know, now there's a hundred of them to get instead of 50 of them. So I don't know, but, um, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people that ask about Kickstarters, how do they work and how do you make them successful and whatever? This is the kind of stuff you got to watch. Um, right. You got to wa- literally, you just got to watch Kickstarter and say, okay, how did that guy do what he did? How did that guy do what he did? How did that guy, this is successful. This is successful. This is not why ask yourself why go into the campaigns, jump around and figure out why these things are working or why they're not. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's sort of arbitrary, but most of the time you can look at a campaign and say, it just didn't do it right. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. aesthetically pleasing. It's confusing to look at. You don't know what you're buying. Um, so there's a, there's definitely a lot of research that you can do, but it's not difficult. You're just looking at Kickstarters. What works, what doesn't, what excites you as, as, a, as a potential buyer that you could then translate into your campaign and say, okay, um, I think this is cool. Maybe I'll offer it to my, my people and, uh, uh, you know, it either works or it doesn't. Listen, we're all guessing. Anyway, every, everything's <laughs> yeah. a guess. You don't know if people are going to respond to the artist. You don't know if people are going to respond to the product itself, the story, mm-hmm. the character. Like, you don't know. But um, one of the tricks is just kind of keep doing it. Uh, obviously, if you're not successful, you have to retool. But if you are successful just barely, then at least you know you've got something that you can build on and say, okay, uh, I'm going to do issue two. But mm-hmm. we have to modify a little bit and and see if we can grow. But at least you have that success under your belt. Absolutely. Because um, you've got what? You just did three, right? Aeonian was three? Yeah, that's, that's my third one. Um, and we had, which I'm, I'm glad we had the same, about the same number of backers. So for me, like that meant that we had like the people were coming back, which sure. is really good. Um, and honestly, I usually put more tier levels and more stuff in my, like my last two Kickstarters had a lot um, like bigger ticket items. And this one I kept really simple. So I was really thrilled with keeping it really bare bones that we still Mm -hmm. did the same numbers that we did the last one. So, um, you know, very grateful for that, but uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Sometimes I just start, my brain just goes, (laughs) this is, this is just the, the rabbit hole. Uh, podcast. I mean, we just go wherever we take us, but, but yeah. no, literally we did the same thing on, on princesses versus zombies is um, we brought the costs way down on purpose across the board. And so while we didn't do 
the most money we ever made on a campaign. Right. We did have the most backers on a campaign that we've ever had by like 80. We had picked up like 80 more than we had had on our previous best. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something to be said for just making uh, a simple, very easy to understand, not complicated campaign because then people are going to be like, oh, it's not going to cost me that much to, to, you know, get in on this. And, and, uh, it looks cool and, and I understand what I'm getting. So, um, let me jump in. And that was, I mean, I have to attribute some of the change for princess versus zombies to the gaining of, of backers. I mean, it's also content, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a, there's a Disney element to it because we used Disney style princesses and so on, but, um, right. So, you know, when you're jumping around from genre to genre, book to book, it's hard to kind of quantify why people are here and not there, but, um, cause there's, there's no consistency to it. Um, but I think that we definitely saw a marked increase in backers due to a cheaper price. Oh, absolutely. Um, like, well, and I back a lot of Kickstarters. Um, a lot of times it's like creators that I know. That are so I already know I'm gonna like the product, so I'm like, cool, I'm gonna back it. But I mean, there are days where I'll I'll just go on Kickstarter and I'll look through mm-hmm. the projects because there's a lot of you know creators that are on there that I don't know, and yeah. um, and I'll just go through them and start backing stuff that looks interesting. And for me, when it, it has a lower price point and I'm going new into something, it makes me more likely to to kind of put that money out as a risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's a really good way to, you know, entice people to try something new. Yeah. Um, you know, if the price point feels like there was one Kickstarter that, um, I feel like overcharged for shipping because it's, it's somebody that I, I think it, I think it was their first one and that kind of deterred me, but I did it anyway against my own, like better judgment. Yeah. Like $10 like, for a single issue. It, it was crazy. And I was, you know, I'm like, okay, well, but see, that's the kind of thing though. I would, as a creator, I'll message that person and say, Hey, <laughs> like you might want to, you know, if you want to be more successful in the future, like maybe check your shipping rates and figure that out and don't just throw a blanket number out there because people see that and it scares them away. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's true. So, I mean, I, I, since it's my third Kickstarter, I know like what to charge now for shipping pretty yeah. much down yeah. to like the cent. Um, and I don't ship outside of the U S because it costs too much money at this point, And people don't, they're not going to pay $25 to get a floppy shipped to them. It, yeah, I they mean, will. That's, pe- <laughs> they that will. is crazy. They will. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll keep that yeah. in mind. I'll keep that yeah. in mind for our, uh, our international is not huge percentage, but, if, if, if we're going to use like, let's say 500 backers as a number, we will probably get 50, 40 to 50 international backers. So 10% you're looking ish, at. Ish, you know, okay. five to 10% ish, you know, something like that. So it's not a huge number, but there are definitely people that want it and they understand. And that's the thing is, is they understand already that that's what it's going to cost. They already get it. Like they know, dude, I live in Belarus, so it's going to cost 40 bucks to ship this thing. They right. understand. And it's not a surprise. That's where it's really the problem. If it's a surprise, then you have kind of a weird 
knee-jerk reaction. Like, oh, I didn't know it's going to. No, these guys know they're hosed where they're at. So, right. um, <laughs> you know, and you can even limit it. Like, even if you just wanted to ship to Canada, for example, you know, just to expand right. your base a little bit, you can just ship to Canada and you know that shipping a floppy is going to be like, I don't know, $12 or something uh, to ship just a floppy. So um, there's ways, to, again, steps, take steps. And, and it's almost right. like doing cons, you know, you do them all in your little close knit area. And then suddenly you go over here and, and you're, you're, you're expanded your, your audience a little bit more. And then you go over here and you expand your audience a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that, that's, yeah, and, that's my thought process on it. Well, yeah. And I think, um, the last one I did, I had a few people from, uh, Canada just contact me directly and say, Hey, here's my address. How much would it cost to ship? And, yeah. and I, so I did it because yeah. they, they were interested and it was, you know, something that was discussed beforehand. I have no problem doing it. It's sure. just, you know, the, there's so many different categories, like for what countries. And so I just kept it simple, but I, you know, I think you're right. You know, op- it's, there shouldn't be opening it up is not a problem. I think most people know that shipping, you know, overseas, especially right now is like crazy. Yeah. So, um, we'll see, we'll see. I got a, I got a while till my next Kickstarter. So, <laughs> I'll sleep on it. <laughs> um, but you were talking about, um, you know, doing research and like looking through Kickstarters mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, I do that just because I'm on Kickstarter a lot. Either I'm running a Kickstarter or I'm pledging for a Kickstarter or whatever. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, I've perfected, I think at this point is, so, you know, you have like the story section, mm-hmm. which is basically what you're, what it is this, like, you know, what you're selling every, you know, all the information about your tiers, like maybe some part of the, uh, the process that you went through to make it, whatever. Like, I feel like I've got that down really, really well because it always, when I look at other Kickstarters, I feel like I've done more visually sure. and, and I don't know how to do graphics. So I have uh Dave from podcast Detroit, uh, do my graphics for me because he's so nice. Thanks, Dave. Um, so, I mean, there are like, but there are other areas where I see where I'm like, okay, I can improve upon. So, it, you know, know your strengths and then, you know, work on those weaknesses and just keep improving it as you go. Luckily, all three of mine have been funded, but I've had a lot of people help me before I did my first one. Sure. So that I didn't launch something completely ridiculous and you know, <laughs> I had some clue as to what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's building the thing. It's having reasonable expectations of your goal. I mean, if nobody's heard of you and you're out here like, Hey, I need $20,000 for this thing. It's like, I getting that. And there's no way you're getting that. Um, but if you're coming in and you're like, Hey, I'm a new guy and I've got this thing and I need a couple thousand for my printing or whatever, you know, if you do it right and, and you have a pro and, equally as important and you have a product that's marketable that people look at it and go, Oh, what's that? Um, mm-hmm. you know, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll find a way to, to make it work. Absolutely. I have a friend who's running his first Kickstarter, um, right now. And I think he's about 50% funded. Um, but his goal is like a thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. for him, you know, it's his first, and that's what I did with my first Kickstarter, even though it cost me more than that to pay my team, um, you know, to just, to get a book done. I paid yeah. for the first book out of my own pocket so that I could. And so the Kickstarter was for printing and then any extra funds would go to pay for toward the next book. Yeah. Luckily 
you know, we made enough that I was able to pay for printing and for my whole next book. Good. So it worked out really well, even though I had such a low goal. Yeah. Um, so it can work out, but you know, I've learned that like, so this one I did, my uh, goal was 2000 because that's closer to what my production costs are sure. uh, for a comic. And I like to offer stretch goals. So I didn't want to put it at exactly what I needed because I wanted to give people free stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I definitely needed more than that to do what I wanted to do and it worked out, but you know, people are also now getting free stuff. So yay. People <laughs> like the free stuff we had uh, on Got the last to. one, princess versus zombies. We were, I don't remember, like it was like a thousand dollars or so away from the last stretch goal. And we had like two hours left and uh, I was on, on live uh, on Facebook and uh, with, with the the group of BDI fans um, just, you know, kind of counting it down, doing a little, you know, like new year's celebration as we watched the clock <laughs> tick down. And uh, I was like, I don't know guys, I don't know if we're going to get to that, that last goal. That's, that's asking a lot to do that last thousand dollars in, in, whatever it is, an hour and a half. And, uh, and all of a sudden it just started to tick, and we blew past it and, and went over the 30,000 mark. And I'm just sitting there on the, on the screen. Like, and, and it's funny because all the people that were watching that were live there, they were just laughing their ass off because I'm just sitting there like, what is going on? I don't even understand what's happening. I'm not posting anything. Like I'm just sitting here talking and, and all of a sudden this thing is just ticking. And I can see, I know that some of them watching, we're throwing in because I saw their names. It's like William right. put in five bucks, or whatever. And I'm like, William, what are you doing? You know, he's laughing and they're having a good time. And then all of a sudden it's just like through the roof. <laughs> um, so it's really fun. And and that's the other part of Kickstarter is it, it's not just about you and, and the product. It's about the the community that you're, you're generating. It's, it's, it's the people that want to see the book succeed. Um, it's the people that want those freebies even, you know, Hey, we got to do whatever we can to, to make sure we unlock that last, metal trading card or whatever it is. Um, yep. And the community that you build, that's how you build yourself in comics is you have to build a community around what you do. And, and hopefully they like the book once they get it. And, uh, and then, you know, you, and then hopefully they come back for the next issue. Yeah. Well, you know, if they don't like it, 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 that must, you know, then maybe you're in the wrong field. I feel like, you know, if you're putting out a quality product, it, you're you're fine. <laughs> oh, if, I mean, there, it's it's art. So art is very arbitrary. It's it's I well, the holder. Subjective. You know. yes. Subjective. Yes. And so, you know, you have to understand who your market is. And this is something that I've mm-hmm. been talking to people about lately. Is is you know, if you have a horror book, you got to make sure that you're <laughs> you got to make sure that you're yes. focused on getting those people's attention. You know, don't worry about right. the guys who do superheroes or whatever. If they happen to like horror too, that's fine. But you got to cultivate that that starting point uh, mm-hmm. a, as your foundation, and then you know build up from there. Absolutely. No, like I mean, you know, as you know, because I write mostly horror, and I'm a huge horror fan. Like I just felt like it was already it was really easy for me to connect with people like that were into horror because mm-hmm. I've already been connecting with these people. Yeah, forever. exactly. Yep. Um, and I know what I like to see in a horror comic or just in horror in general. So I brought the stuff that I liked and did it my way, and but marketed it how it like would have caught my eye yep. and it worked. I mean, so I, I'm not mad. <laughs> I ain't mad. <laughs> Are you mad, bro? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I, I know my base of crazy, crazy people just like me. Yeah. And and then you just keep going and eventually people will be like, oh, she's on four. She's on five. Oh, my God. She's still going. What's going on? And you'll just find more people. It, it's, it's just a natural thing that you will eventually just find more people organically. Right. The more that you do it. Well, and, you know, part of that is when people like something of yours and they tell other people about it too. It's, you know, not even just necessarily like, it's nice when people review your books and it's nice when, um, like if you have something on Amazon, if they put up, you know, a review and like a rating, cause I, I have some of my books are on Amazon. So it's nice when people do that, but word of mouth too is that does mean a lot because when somebody is giving you a direct recommendation, it, a lot of times I think it just hits them like, okay, I really, I do really have to check this out because this yeah, person feel, likes it. Yeah. I feel like anyone who's waiting on a review for a book to buy it, they're probably not buying it anyway. It's, right. it's the people that, I mean, you know, if you're going to, you know, conceptually, if you will like it. Now, obviously we all read books and watch movies that we think we'll like. And they're like, that was, <laughs> that was some shit. But, that was garbage. Yeah. And that happens. <laughs> but for the most part, we just go, we just like, that looks interesting. I'm going to go. Um, but if you're going to sit back and wait for someone else to tell you whether they liked it or not, who cares? It, it, it's not relevant. I'm way more interested in the people who are excited about it. And they're just like, dude, I got this book and look at this awesome cover. And then, Oh, look, there's insides that are great too. I mean, this is, it's, that's the organic growth, not the, Oh, I was reviewed on, you know, newsarama. Who cares? Right. I mean, and like I said, reviews are nice. Like there's I nothing do, wrong with them, but yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I appreciate when people like want to review my stuff because, you know, I do like constructive criticism. I do like to yes. hear what people think. Yes. Um, but yeah, like, I like, it means more to me like to have that organic spread. Like you said, like just somebody saying to somebody that might never, like they don't follow me on Facebook. They don't go to conventions. Like they don't have a way, a window into what I do. Right. And a person's like, Hey man, check this out. It's really good. Yeah. That, means a lot more because that is bringing that's bringing people in that again might not be in the circle of like where my stuff is uh, on the internet yeah it's crazy <laughs> to be on internet on facebook uh well i mean any social media but on facebook is what i use mostly um mm-hmm. it's crazy to be on facebook and just be like scrolling down like oh, okay politics here's the thing and all of a sudden here's just like a post with your stuff on it like somebody was so excited that their package showed up that they're yeah. like, look, here's my comic and here's my stickers and here's my stuff. And, and it's Tom and it's Nei and it's, you know, it's whoever. And it's just like, wow, that is awesome because that's that excitement level that, that, that's the infectious part where people are, whoever is on her feed and sees it as well is going to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I've never seen this book. What, what are you talking about? What is this? And right. then we all just keep growing together. Yep. I love how you're like, uh, you're doing the uh, the Bob Dole with your pen. <laughs> I I was trying. I was like, I was like, who was it that they made fun of on SNL for doing that? It was Bob Dole. <laughs> Inadvertent political statement. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe just having something in your hand makes you feel better. That's I don't it. know. It's it. You can point. You can smack people around with it. But you see, can sign if you need to. <laughs> I can point and smack people around with my bare hands. Well, and and I have. So, you know, I'm, but that's like, I'm Sicilian. So I do like the whole hand talking thing. I noticed that the more that I've been doing these doom things, like I'm always pointing and like moving my arms around and I'm like, 
I can never sit still. I'm very fidgety. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed that, but I tend to do this type of thing. <laughs> you just you keep Direct, it very much on the level though. Directing like, traffic a little right. bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, th- I mean, this has been kind of like the most fun change. Um, you know, because I've been podcasting forever and typically when I podcast, it's you know, I'm in a studio and I either A have my guests in or they they call in through Skype or you know, now we're using Zoom. Yep. Um and there was no we didn't really like do any visuals. So like right now we're we're essentially doing a podcast, but we can see each other. Yes. It's a lot easier to not not talk over each other for one. Sure. Uh, and to read like you know, how people are reacting to topics and it's just, it feels like it puts out a better podcast. So, yeah. I mean, even we do when- have, uh, we've had anywhere between five to eight people watching us here consistently. We've got comments in the room and uh podcast Detroit Facebook is, oh, is where we're, where we're posting this video for those that are listening. Uh, if you want to watch us, <laughs> you know, do our hand motions. Um, no. it's, it's on podcast Detroit on Facebook. Um, and we get a nice <laughs> little group in here that, that comes in and chats with us uh, as well. Everybody. Now everybody wants to see, we're going to, we're going to get like, I think we should synchronize some hand movements. Maybe <laughs> little spirit fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. But yeah, so this has been, it's been kind of nice um, doing the zoom um, and, and doing the podcast in that way. The only problem is, is that when we do these live things, like I have to put makeup on and you know, like <laughs> normally I would just be, I would be wearing exactly what I'm wearing. It's hot. And I was like, I'm wearing very minimal clothing, like screw all this, but <laughs> I wouldn't have put makeup on. I would just be like loafing around. I'd probably have like, I don't know. I'd probably like be eating secretly, but like now I can't do that because everybody can see me. <laughs> I, I, I did a, uh, <laughs> I've given eating, up on the yeah. eating secretly part. I, I did a, I did a, like we did the bikini day. We did goth day last month and um, we had three hours of live video because we were just bringing artists in talking. To, and I was just like, I don't, I'm just going to eat my candy. And I just, you know, it's like, I'm just going to do it guys. Just deal with it. Well, and when you're on that long too, like, I feel like, people i mean if you're on for three hours you are gonna need a snack like and if people don't like it then they don't have to watch you as long as you're not like i'm crunching my ice and you know and everybody in the room's just laughing they're like what are you doing tom you know but at least you know move the mic away from your mouth (laughs) yeah or like turn your head sideways you know you could try to be respectful while you're munching courtesy courtesy yes <laughs> don't don't crunch the ice when your guest is talking. Mm, yeah, rude. <laughs> uh, but so that it's been nice being able to you know podcast and like actually feel like I'm interacting more with the people that I'm talking to. Um, I haven't done as many like I haven't done uh, as many waystation episodes where I'm interviewing people. Um, that's kind of been put on a back burner uh, just because there's a lot of other stuff going on. But um, I'm hoping to get some done because I feel like this will produce a lot more um not saying that my interviews have been stilted at all because I think I'm I've become very good at them but uh I think doing them like this where you're like you know watching each other's body language and stuff they you get there's more to it it sounds there's more to react to than just you know hearing it right yeah 
And like, if I see that you're like going to shut up for like four seconds, I can make sure that there's no dead air, <laughs> which is one of the, like, I hate dead air. Like, so I'll ask a question. I, I, I did a few interviews like this. I'll ask a question, you know, and they'll give like their answer and it's really short. And I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be more to it. So I just wait and they're not talking and I just wait. <laughs> and, and finally I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> It's so awkward, <laughs> but yeah, you know, sure. such is life. Podcasting yeah. is is taking on a new, um, a new f- like final form here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's not final. It's whatever's next. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I mean, even with us, I mean, we've been doing this now for like about a year ish. Actually, um, yes. Uh, today, oh, I saw something on my memories. I think it was yesterday that. Yeah. So it's- officially been a year and officially my dogs are barking because <laughs> they're officially jerks cute jerks but jerks nonetheless but yeah, yeah it's been, I mean, a, we, been we've a year done, now we've done this for a year and we still don't even have an, any clue what we're doing i mean there's no format there's no like like literally it, it's 15 minutes before the show and stephanie's like so what are we going to talk about I'm like i don't, I don't know <laughs> whatever Let's just, we'll just talk i mean who cares man yeah and we've actually you know, we've got a few minutes left, so yeah, I mean, we we did all this off, you know, off the top of our heads. Just we just like to bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I I feel like we I feel like we have shows where we just kind of knock it around, and then we land on shows that are like really good and and really like okay, that was strong informational content. Right. Um, let's be sure we bullshit next time because that was, right. that was, you know, that was way too heavy. <laughs> we don't want to like blow people's minds every episode. Right. Right. Every four episodes. <laughs> right. Three bullshit. <laughs> one really, really deep one. Yeah. Well, and, and I actually have an idea for our next show because I, oh. I was actually reading an article. So I'm going to tease it right now. Okay. For our, our next, our next episode. Um, I was reading something on Facebook and actually while uh, I'm talking about this, I'm going to look it up. Um, Vault of Midnight, um, which is a, a popular comic shop. Uh, there, there's one in, I think, is it Grand Rapids? And then there, or is it Ann Arbor? It's Ann Arbor in Detroit, I think. Okay. Um, they have been, oh, okay. Yeah. They, they posted something today that, um, discusses the um all the stuff that's kind of going on in the comic slash uh video game slash um like board game industries and how you know while they're not necessarily like pulling things off the shelf that these people that have been called out for either oh you're talking about uh cards against humanity what's that um there's others there's a a whole article about it and i'll send it to you so that you can read it for the next show but on the but on the store level i mean the this comic shop is like taking into account these serious allegations about the people that you know are making these products and they're not saying they won't necessarily carry them but they're saying that it it could sway you know, because they want the community to feel safe and yeah. to, to, so I thought it was really cool that on a store level that these, that this company was kind of taking a stance and that they're always reviewing what's going on in, in the community and, you know, working to make everything like 
as cool as possible, not necessarily pulling books per se, but if there's enough stuff going on, they might do that. Sure. Yeah. Um, depending on what it is. So I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting that they, they made a big post about it and then they attached an article that lists, uh, so many people that I honestly hadn't heard of being, uh, called out for like sexual harassment and things like that. So, I mean, that is kind of a heavy, a heavy topic, but it's something that unfortunately happens in like pretty much every industry. So yeah, to not, not talk a, about it is just kind of like ignoring something that is relevant. You yeah, know, it's not a comic book problem. It's a, it's a societal problem. Um, right. But you know, we, we, us being in the nerd community, um, we hear all of the, the nerd side of it versus the, you know, Wall right. Street side of it and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. No, so I, I, thought, I, I know some of the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, I, I would say I know like, you know, Warren Ellis is one of the ones that really shocked people. And it actually shocked me. But then again, I don't know Warren Ellis in person. So I shouldn't say I was shocked. I guess I was more disappointed. Sure. Because, you know, very talented. I've always kind of looked up to him. And, you know, when you see stuff like that, it just it kind of it makes you rethink, you know, like, OK, <laughs> I'm not saying he's not talented still because clearly he is. But when people behave differently than you imagine them to, it kind of, I don't know. It puts a little dirt on their stuff. Like it it makes it look a little dirty in my opinion. That's just how I am. But anyway, so we'll, we'll talk about that. And I've got a couple other things, but I figured I might as well tease that. I thought, you know, cause there's a lot going on that I think people don't know about, including myself until just now before the show. So (laughs) might as well discuss it for a few and inform people. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything you would like to talk about before we head off? Uh, I think we're good. I mean, uh, like I said, the next thing for me is July 18th. It's Critter's 10-year anniversary on Kickstarter. Um, so we're going to have our nice, fun, hardcover book. That's basically in 10 days. Um, and uh, and then, and then I mean, there's a, there's a, the fall is going to be so ridiculous. There's so much going on. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll, we, we can dive into all of that and piece it out as we go. So actually, if we do, let me look at the calendar here. If we're doing, so in two weeks, if we go back to two weeks, we will do this mm-hmm. on the 21st, which will be right after we launch. Um, Perfect. So we can, uh, we can give you all a little update on, um, on how it's going and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and we'll do this all again. Yes, we will. Oh, it's been fun. Thanks for being patient with me while, you know, my it was putting out fires in my life <laughs> just <laughs> fires left and right <laughs> i'm telling you man <sighs> this year can go fuck itself <laughs> i'm not pulling any punches uh <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening we'll be back in two weeks and uh yeah be good to each other and be safe